Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Lately. I am your host, Michael Peterson, and I'm actually coming at you live, kind of, not this live, but with the the, the Raiders-Chiefs game that just got under the four-minute mark. The Chiefs just scored to bring them with an eight. They got the two-point conversion as well. The score is currently 40-32. to 32. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and just tell you what happens in the game, but this is kind of crazy. You know, this is obviously notable. It's an intra-divisional matchup. The Raiders are literally, they put 40 points up on the Chiefs. Um, the way their offense has been humming, I mean, with Josh Jacobs and their power run game, Devontae Booker, former Broncos, been playing well. We'll see if this if this holds, man. For the Chiefs to lose to the Broncos, like, not the Broncos, the Raiders, pardon me. Uh, I mean, it's obviously incredible. I don't know how bad it makes um the chargers look but it also maybe makes the ravens look bad and it makes the patriots potentially look bad right like it's i don't know if we should take it so much of, of in the sense of how bad does it make the chargers look because the ravens are not a bad team and, and they kind of got blown out right by uh the chiefs not too long ago so it is what it is but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about the chargers game uh this coming monday night which is tomorrow night um some things we need to point out some big news actually just came out and, and before we kind of get into you know the so-called preview we're gonna go over some of this news and first big thing is obviously everyone knows by now that Justin Herbert has been named the starter for the rest of the season this isn't just for now this isn't just 
um, until Tyrod Taylor's back. This is, he is the starter. And Anthony Lynn even went as far as to say that he does not have to look over his shoulder. Also adding that it doesn't matter if he throws an interception, makes a bad play here or there. He does not have to worry about losing his job. He was picked at number six for a reason. I don't know if this is finally Anthony Lynn coming to this big realization, if this is a decision that was heavily influenced from those up the ladder above him. I'm not entirely sure. I would like to think he watched the film. He just, you know, is finally seeing the light. But I mean, he's a smart guy. At least I'd like to think so. I think he's great. Um, I'd like to think he made this decision because he truly believes it is the right decision. So, he is the starter going forward. I think it was two days ago, forgive me if I'm wrong, um, Austin Eckler was finally and officially placed on injured reserve. In his place, the team signed Kalen Balaj, a former Jets and Dolphins running back, to the practice squad, and then promoted Tyron Johnson to the active roster from the practice squad. If you guys don't recall, Tyron Johnson was the guy who caught the 53-yard touchdown from Herbert to begin the game against the Buccaneers. He has deserved more playing time. He's shown that he can get behind the defense. He's not, like, as far as 40-wise, I didn't think he was that fast, but he showed some real speed on that, being able to split two safeties for that post route. He, he did what he needed to do. He showed he could do it. So they are uh, promoting him, rewarding him for that effort. And I'm excited to see if they actually use him um, in tomorrow night's game plan. Um, other than that, there is some big news. This is more breaking, I guess, than anything. I'll, I'll, I'll write up a post on this. But the 2020 schedule got a huge shakeup because of the Broncos-Patriots game getting postponed due to a Patriots, I don't know if it was a player or staff member at the moment, but he got tested positive um, earlier today on Saturday, so they had to postpone the game. It was going to go uh, tomorrow, actually, before the Chargers Saints game it was going to run, but they decided to play it smart, postpone it. So they did a lot of scheduling shifting. A lot of things were moved around. I think six different games uh, were messed with on the Chargers schedule, but as things stand right now, the Chargers schedule following this week's game against the New Orleans Saints is uh, their bye is actually in week six. So all of a sudden, instead of their bye being, I think it was maybe four weeks from now, in a month from now, something like that, it is next week. So surprise, here's your bye, Chargers. And, and after that, they will face the Jaguars in week seven, the Broncos in week eight, the Raiders in week nine, the Miami Dolphins in week 10, and then the New York Jets, who were next week's opponents, has been moved all the way to week 11. So instead of getting that really soft stretch um, of games where it went Jets, Jags, Dolphins, all of a sudden it's uh, Jags only, and then it's two divisional games, which I think this is is tough. How do you not think that's tough on uh, the schedule and being able to bounce back from a potential one and four start, you know, with those three soft games, if they were able to run through those and all of a sudden you're four and four and 500, that's a lot better than potentially winning the Jags game, right? Being two and four and then playing the Broncos and Raiders who we haven't swept for a while. We haven't, uh, you know, handled them or we haven't dealt with them handedly, I guess. Like like the gap between the teams is obviously much closer now than it was before than we would like it. And and with the Raiders about to beat the Chiefs, it seems like we're at three and a half minutes and they're still up by 40. It's second down. Um, they're kind of still churning along. Like all of a sudden that that schedule, that stretch looks a lot worse. So potentially this team, you know, let's just say if all goes to hell and the Broncos and Raiders beat the Chargers, then all of a sudden you're two and four, two and five, two and six. And then if you win those that Jets and, and Miami game, you're, you're four and six. Well, you're still two games behind uh, 500 where the, the schedule doesn't look soft, I guess, but it doesn't look hard either. So 
I think it just really messes with uh, the Chargers' mindset about how they could potentially turn this season around if, you know, obviously there's a loss tomorrow and, and things go in that direction. But that is the updated 2020 schedule right now. Again, next week is the bye, followed by Jaguars, Broncos, Raiders, Miami Dolphins, and then New York Jets. Um, but that is kind of your biggest news here. Real quickly before we kind of delve into, uh, I mean, well, F it, let's get into the recap here. We're going to go over the injury report first. Biggest things for the Chargers. Brian Bulaga, Trey Turner are out for the, this is the second game in a row. I believe they're both out together. Um, they've both missed. I think at this point with this game being missed, uh, they haven't played half the season, over half the season now. Um, each of them have, or at least close. And then Mike Williams and Joey Bosa are both questionable. Williams is still dealing with a shoulder injury. Bosa has a tricep injury. And I think they just added some new designations that he has a shin injury and an ankle injury or something like that. But they, he's still questionable, but they added different injuries to him. So all of a sudden, Bosa went from dealing with one injury to what looks like three injuries. Um, as far as the Saints go, the, pre, or the, the guys who were out earlier today when they announced it were Jenkins and Deontay Harris and a cornerback last name Hardy, uh, who's not a starter by any means, but those guys are out. So one of their starting cornerbacks and their return guy who isn't too shabby at all, they're both out. Marshawn Lattimore, who missed last week's game, he is questionable. And defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins is also questionable. As of, I think, about 30 to 40 minutes ago, um, Michael Thomas, their star wide receiver, obviously set a bunch of records last year. He was um, ruled out officially. He was questionable heading into this. He officially is now out. And the thing is, they also added that he it wasn't because of an injury designation. He is out because of disciplinary reasons. We don't know anything else other than that. He did something. I don't know if it's fighting with the coaches to potentially play tonight. Maybe he had a chance. And when they said, hey, we're not thinking about suiting you up. Maybe he, he threw a fit. Maybe something happened. Things were said. And they just said, oh, now you're definitely not playing. And 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 it kind of went that direction. I do not know. But regardless, uh, the Saints will be without Michael Thomas, which is huge. I can't understate that enough. Big time that we don't have to worry about Michael Thomas. Big time that we don't have to worry about Janoris Jenkins, potentially their other corner, Marshawn Lattimore. And then Sheldon Rankins isn't too bad in the middle of that defense if he's out as well. Also huge. And then Deontay Harris, again, their kick returner, their special teams guy. When you know when you don't have to worry about potentially giving up long kick returns, punt returns, stuff like that, that also puts the mind at ease for your team. So overall, there's a chance for a lot of good players who could swing this game in the favor of the Saints. Potentially, a lot of those guys are going to be out. Um, so looking at the New Orleans defense, and, and I want to talk about this in terms of strength versus strength. So the, the New Orleans defense is sixth in the NFL in total yards allowed. They allow 334.3 each game. They are 13th in passing yards with 236.8 allowed and sixth in rushing yards allowed at 97.5. They are the, the final team to allow like the most rushing yards, but without going over 100 per game at 97 and a half, right? So, you know, good. These are good numbers, right? Um, very, very good. Uh, Justin Herbert hasn't thrown for less than 290. He's thrown for 310, 330, and 290. Um, so for him to, to even be allowed or to be limited to anywhere near 236 passing yards, I think would be kind of nuts and means that the game probably isn't going too well for the Chargers. But New Orleans' strength is their defense. Their offense obviously isn't too shabby. You still got Breeze and some good playmakers like Kamara. 
But when you face their defense and then you look at the LA Chargers offense, that's their strength. Now, the Chargers are still sixth in total yards per game at 400.3, still over that 400 yards per game threshold, which I think hopefully they're able to sustain through this game. They're seventh in passing yards, 275 on the dot per game. This also includes the 208 that Tyrod Taylor threw in week one. So that number could be a lot, lot better. And then they're still 12th in rushing yards, even after last week against the Buccaneers, where they were held to 46 yards on 23 carries. So this offense is still churning. They played a really good run defense in the Bucs last week. This is also a pretty good run defense. Like I said, 97 and a half per game. Um, I think if anything, the, the way they want to potentially beat the Saints might be the same recipe that they tried to beat the Bucks, which was don't matter if the run's being successful, they still try to sustain the run because as long as you keep running the football you know, consistently enough, that opens up the play action. And we saw just how well that play action was opened. Um, it, the Tyron Johnson touchdown was off play action. The Parham and um, Jalen Guyton were not, but uh, Herbert did a lot of good off play action. If you remember one of that, I think one of his best plays of the day was a naked bootleg that um, a defender off the edge was pretty much unblocked by whoever the tight end was on that edge. And he was able to scramble back to his left and shake a defender off his ankle before firing a dart to Keenan Allen coming over the middle of the field for a big first down. It was phenomenal. It looked like a veteran play. And that's the type of stuff that Herbert can do off play action. It's what he's shown he's able to do. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, again, we'll see what Mike Williams does if he's back. Remember, he didn't play last week. And even before then, I mean, Herbert isn't a guy that uh, really has looked Williams' way. And maybe there's some positive regression coming back, right? Maybe um, after realizing that they need to throw to somebody else other than Keenan Allen and, and Austin Eckler being out, you know, yeah, you can go to one of these UDFAs that you've already thrown to um, a few times uh, and had some success during the Bucks. But there's no way Mike Williams is active and you continue to ignore him. There, there's just no way they've got to be able to distribute the ball um, way more evenly across all these playmakers. Obviously, that still includes Hunter Henry as well. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Um, but I, I think one of the best ways to go over this, this matchup is, is going through my three keys as well. Um, these, this is an article I do every week as well. It's, it's three keys to uh, Chargers victory over whomever their opponent is this week. And, and my three keys this week for a Chargers win over the Saints are as follows. Number one is keep a defensive back on tight end Jared Cook. Now, there's a lot of good tight ends in this league. A lot of guys who get uh, a lot of fame, they get the star power. That's you know Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz for a time being, Derek Waller's blowing up. Uh, Jared Cook's kind of a late bloomer, and he, he's I finally kind of found his stride the last couple of years. He's been on a, quite a few different teams, but people have realized like he's he's not going to be the best blocker in the world, but you can get him downfield because he's 6'5", um, and he can run like a deer, which is absolutely phenomenal and, and kind of what you want in the tight end position if they're not going to be that great of, of a blocker. And, and Gus Bradley has a tendency to stay in... Um, nickel packages where he keeps two linebackers on the field, even when 
Um, opposing offenses go five wide, and that can be you know five receivers, four receivers, and a tight end, four receivers, tight end, running back, whomever. But in these instances where these offenses try to go wide and spread it out against the Chargers, that a linebacker sometimes ends up on um, a slot receiver or a tight end. And some defenses or offenses, excuse me, have noticed that the Chargers tend to keep a linebacker on whomever's in the slot. It doesn't matter if it's a mismatched, you know, slot receiver tight end that's can run like a deer compared to like a three down, you know, or just a run stopping linebacker. It has never stopped the Chargers and they find themselves in these predicaments. So instead of keeping a linebacker on Jared Cook when they go wide, you need to be able to put a defensive back on there. And that means maybe going dime a little bit without Chris Harris. You know, Desmond King's going to be in the slot. Well, if they go five wide, four wide, he's going to be on a slot receiver prior to going to a tight end. Now, I would love it if they go dime, bring an extra defensive back somewhere, bring Nas maybe up front to be on a defense or on a tight end, or put Nas on the slot receiver, Desmond on the tight end, which is something I prefer because Des is a much stickier tackler. But it needs to be something close to that. Um, If they don't, I can see Jared Cook having a big day against this defense. Number two, this is pretty self-explanatory, but I still think it's fairly important to, to stress and something that I hope Anthony Lynn stressed during the week, which is the idea of, of gang tackling Camara. And I mean, of course, you want many hats to get to the ball. You want hats surrounding your opponent, no matter what, right? But like, this is a whole different beast. You know, you you say hats to the football, but usually one guy gets there and a tackle can be missed. And then the second guy's there a little later, and enough for that guy to maybe miss another tackle to avoid another tackle. It's just, and they need to be all there together. And it's easier said than done, especially on a guy like Kamara. If you guys saw his 53-yard touchdown run against the Packers a couple weeks ago, where it looked like he was just like coasting down the sideline, and then you know a couple guys tried to tackle him, and he like jumped into them, knew exactly how to contort his body to take the hit, still stay standing, and continue running straight into the end zone. It was incredible. I mean, you guys talk about contact balance with running backs and how it's an important trait. This guy has contact balance like the equivalent of three running backs in the NFL combined into one guy. The guy just knows how to take a hit and not get knocked over. It's incredible. Phenomenal. It's why he is who he is. So they can't just, you know, have one tackle attempt and then another guy's there right after that he misses the first one because then he can miss the second one. Then he can avoid the third one. It's just not the way you're going to be able to stop Kamara. And with guys like Kenneth Murray, with guys like uh, Kaiser White, guys with speed at the linebacker position, it's not enough just to get to the point. You have to break down. You have to know what's going on. You got to know where he's going almost before he does, which again is super hard, way easier said than done. But it's unfortunately, I don't make the rules. This is just kind of what you have to do against a guy like Alvin Kamara. And and thirdly, I have down, uh, Justin Herbert doesn't need to pelt Allen with targets. He doesn't need to target Keenan Allen a million times a game to keep offenses going, to keep drives alive. Yes, you need to look for your your superstar wide receiver and clutch time and, and you know when in doubt, throw it to him. But there's other players on this team that can help you make plays. A guy like that is Hunter Henry. You know, last week, I think Keenan Allen had eight catches on 12 targets. And the next nearest guy, excuse me, was uh, three targets. I think two people had three targets. One of those guys was Hunter Henry. He caught two for 30 some yards or something like that. You need to throw the ball a little bit more. I know Austin Eckler is out. You've got Justin Jackson. You've got Josh Kelly. Both of them have shown to be still pretty active pass catchers. They can get the job done that way. Maybe not have the same yards after catch ability, but they can still catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, Hunter Henry needs to be more involved. And then with Mike Williams coming back, hopefully 
they can create some form of chemistry. I'm not sure um, how soon that can happen, but it'd be cool if it started this week for sure. So again, I just the defense of the Saints is tenacious. It's good. It's opportunistic. Um, they will be smart enough because they're well coached enough to know to how, like how to bracket double team, triple team, Keenan Allen, how to erase him from the game plan. If they think that Justin Herbert can only be successful throwing to Keenan Allen, you know, 10 times a game, they will find a way to take Keenan Allen out of the Chargers game plan. And that just can't happen. So those are my three things, my three keys to a Chargers victory over the Saints. Uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. I'm incredibly excited. You know, this is the first primetime game for a or Monday night game with a Chargers quarterback not named Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers. I think for the first time since, what was it, 90? Was it the 90s? Man, I don't, was it 96? Stan Humphreys. Yeah, Stan Humphreys, who uh, took the Chargers to the Super Bowl in 94, was the last quarterback not named Brees or Rivers to start on Monday night football for the Chargers, which is absolutely crazy. That Justin Herbert, this wide-eyed young Chargers quarterback, is going up against Drew Brees, who was once a wide-eyed rookie Chargers quarterback. So many stories, so many themes. Uh, there's a lot of feel-good things in this game as well. Um, but I really, really cannot wait for this game. I really cannot. Hope you guys can't wait either. That'll do it for today's show. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening in. And for what it's worth, the, the Chiefs game ended. The Raiders did win. I think they won it 40-32. to 32. I don't think the Chiefs got any closer. Um, they ran out the clock, were able to, to get in the victory formation and kneel it out. I mean, such an incredible win. It's good to see the, 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 you know, the Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes look mortal. I know it came at the hands of a division rival, which means right now, you know, the Raiders are uh, above the Chargers with that win. It's going to be tough for the Chargers to get over the Raiders uh, for, you know, potential wild card spot at the end of the season. With that win, we'll have to take care of the Raiders, hopefully sweep them, obviously. Hope the Broncos, you know, beat the Raiders as well. There's and there's a lot of time left in the season, but things need to happen for us to have real hope for that that final wild card spot. Again, this has been Michael Peterson. If you guys don't follow me on Twitter, you can at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. All my written work is over at boltsfromtheblue.com. That is Los Angeles Chargers uh, community over at SB Nation. Um, and that is it. I'll talk to you guys later this week, hopefully getting to celebrate a victory Monday, hopefully getting to celebrate a win over the Saints on Monday Night Football. I'll talk to you guys next week.